Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. Did everybody miss me? I think everybody missed me. I was on I don't for think a so. week. But I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. You know the two gentlemen that I'm joined by tonight. And you can already tell in my voice, I am jacked. I am so excited for tonight's episode. But I am joined by Dan Lamagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? As fun as it was last week, just, you know, Mitch and I finding ways to rib you with you not on the show. I did miss you, JB. So it's good to be back with you here tonight, man. And, uh, you know, I'm stoked. Like, sports is really, like, picking up now. I got the Philly swag on tonight. They're kind of in playoff contention. They play the Yankees, so I'm pumped there. And then my Cowboys open up camp, and you're sort of Steelers, John, open up camp. So it's it's a fun time of year. Camp's opening up. Rookies reported today for four of the teams. I didn't really see too much on that, though. But I was too caught up in the Cam Akers injury stuff, I guess. But somebody else that was caught up on it, the gentleman – to my left, Mitch Sorensen. That's that is at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up? I did a little bit on Twitter today. I try to stay off Twitter as much as possible anymore, but today I few a th- few things out there, and I probably just should have just stayed away from Twitter. It's kind of what I'm taking away from today, to be honest with you. You know what I can take away from it? I wish you would be more clear in your tweets because it's always me jumping in. And like, well, this is what he meant. And people are probably like, like, why do you, what? And Mitch just stays, Mitch drops the tweet and walks away. Yeah, I walk away at that point. But anybody that listens to Dynasty Theory, they know that I have to get the last word in. I have to. And that Twitter is no different. Even when it's a tweet that I am, I am not involved in the least, but I'm like, oh, I got to step in here because Mitch isn't going to say anything. But a lot of those tweets were based on, and revolved around Cam Akers. And when I saw that this morning, it was uh, reported by Tom Pelissero. I, You hate to see it. You really do. But it's so interesting because an injury like this, it's the most active I've seen leagues, and I can't tell you how long. Mm-hmm. And people come creeping out. It's like in the Wizard of Oz when they're in, in Oz – and the munchkins come out of nowhere, like creeping around. That's what it's like with 11 league mates coming out of nowhere, coming out of the woodwork. Um, so Cam Akers, the Achilles injury out for 2021. A lot of fantasy and dynasty repercussions here. We're switching our tiers up. We're switching our rankings. Everybody's talking about, well, this is how I'm adjusting everything. Dan, Cam Akers. Yeah, man. You know, it, it is heartbreaking. You know, as a coach, I've been there where, like, losing a star player, like, you know, I feel bad for the dude, man, young kid, you know, huge potential, and now it's on hold. And I can't imagine, you know, Coach McVay and that Rams, you know, organization who, you know, I was worried going into the season about their O-line. You know, it's like solid O-line but thin. Like, they can't afford injuries. And now, like, boom, you lose your star back. So that's tough. Uh, one dynasty roster for me, man, and uh, four best balls. Like the, the best balls, I was really crying because I have one lineup where I double stacked. I was lucky. It was one of my favorite lineups. I have Dak and Lamb, and I have Josh Allen and Diggs on the same roster. But I only have like four backs. The backs are thin, and then the, now Acres goes down. 
Um, you know, one dynasty roster where I'm a little bit deeper, but you know, we're going to get into what we will do in this acres situation. I actually had that inquiry right before the show here. So dynasty theory is cutting into my uh, acres trade talk right now. And it's not quite, and we talked about it last season, whenever Barkley was out, whenever McCaffrey was out, whenever Dak was out, it's not quite to that level, right? It's not necessarily as league altering as those, but there is still a big impact here because if you had three solid running backs and Cam Akers is one of them, you're at a huge disadvantage now. On the other hand, if you had Daryl Henderson, now he gives you a shot in the dark, an opportunity to give you a depth piece and a potential starter if you believe in Daryl Henderson. So we don't want to spend, and Mitch, I'm stealing your quote here, we don't want to spend 20 minutes, well, would you do Cam Akers for this player? Cam Akers for this player? So overall, Mitch, how are you viewing the Cam Akers situation if you don't have him? and then transition to if you do have him. Let me first say, I just want to talk about the injury first real quick because it kind of goes into how I'm attacking it from both spots. And the only reason why is we're all big into sample sizes, right? Everyone hates the four-game sample size because anything can happen in four games, right? That's why I go back to 2003, the greatest year of all time. Exactly. And like I know you're the huge math guy, but we have like... 10 running backs that have had an Achilles injury since like 2010. And most of them weren't good ever to begin with. And so when I look at that, I'm like, we, in my opinion, we can't come out and say, Oh, this guy can't come back from Achilles injuries. We've seen people from other sports do it. And so I just like to leave that hope out there for acres. And so while I'm holding out that hope, if I have a competitive team right now, I'm not willing to go out and buy him. Like I'm not willing to go out and acquire him and hope that, next year he gets that value. And if I'm on even just a slight rebuild, those are the teams I'm looking to get him on. Because, I mean, his value right now is probably going to be the lowest that we're going to see for the next six months because his price isn't going to drop from here. There's no incoming rookies, any vets that are going to be jumping over him. He just is where he's at. So if I'm on a rebuilding team, those are the ones that I'm attacking. The only thing I will say with that I don't, I don't disagree with the overall sentiment, but barring something crazy, I don't think there's, there's no way that his value is going to rise Mm. over the next five months, you know, until maybe there's a positive blurb next off season. Hey, there's this video of cam Akers with his shirt off. And Dan's like, Oh man, I need some cam Akers. Look at that workout video. But so because his value is not going to rise, you don't necessarily have to go out and acquire now. The only time it would be necessary is if Dan and Mitch are both going for Cam Akers today and Dan acquires him. Well, Mitch, probably you're not going to get any type of discount moving forward or at least the price that Dan just paid. So that's your only concern if there is a market for Cam Akers. But if you are rebuilding, I think you could stoop to like a a Chris Carson plus a small piece for Cam Akers. I think there's a lot of concern and it goes back to the history of the Achilles injury for running backs and the sample size is limited. The sample size of high end running backs is even more limited. And that's pretty much a direct quote of what Mitch tweeted out earlier tonight. And I thought, I thought it was a great tweet. And it was like, 
there's this, then it gets even more limited, more limited. So I, I that's where I, I I'm a, I agree with you, Mitch. I I'm on board with not going out to acquire him unless I'm in a rebuild or just I'm kind of restructuring my roster, but you don't necessarily have to do it today. I think John, as you mentioned, and and we're going to talk tonight about rebuilds. If my team is kind of like really weak and I'm really lacking star players and I have a chance to get a cam makers to make my roster a little bit more attractive, you know, maybe I'm going after him in that case. But other than that, I'm with both of you is not looking to acquire any acres today. I'd even sniff other than joking with Mitch with some, you know, low ball trade just to bust his chops today because he, he, what were your words again, Mitch? Relatively cheap or I forget how you were. Relatively free. So I had to have fun with relatively free. I mean, he, he did say that, John, but I did not go after acres today. But to Mitch's point too, um, he's young. Like, I could see him bouncing back. I expect O.J. Howard to bounce back from an Achilles. I know it's a tight end position, but to bounce back from his Achilles injury this offseason. If he was older and there was a lot more miles on those tires, I'd be more concerned. But he's so young. You know, science is advanced and evolved. So going back to 2003, I don't think counts, J.B. I think he does bounce back. But I want to win now. So, like, it just there's not much interest in getting acres. The big thing here is, and we've seen this so many times in our Discord chat, Cam Akers or random 2022 first. Cam Akers or random 2023 first. And I even did a nice little graph earlier today, and I had different colors, and I was highlighting, well, if this is the percentage where this happens, this, this, and this. And based on that, I think the edge was given to the future first. But we could look at this in so many different ways. This is the path, uh, the direction that things have to go for Cam Akers for him to lose even more value beyond where it is today. This is what has to happen for him to gain value or maintain it. And then same situation with the picks. They're they're probably going to rise in value, but if the draft class is weaker next year, which it's expected to be, at what point is that cutoff? And it's just, it really is an interesting dynamic. And I don't think there can be a blanket statement. Oh, I would do this every time. There might be 10 different leagues and 10 different situations. And depending on which way is up and which way is down, I'm looking at it a different way. So I, I mentioned Chris Carson. Are there any other spots, Mitch, that you're looking to move or acquire or an example that you might have or you have seen up to this point today? I mean, I think the one that's been brought up a lot is David Montgomery. And I think the one issue I have bringing that up is I don't know if the Montgomery owner is going to be willing to make that trade. But that's the one I keep seeing brought up over and over again because Dynasty as a whole is kind of down on Montgomery. But the people that have Montgomery love him. And so, and the problem is once you get down below him, you're looking at Kareem Hunt, James Conner, um, Chase Edmonds, maybe James Robinson. I mean, those are just the backs you're getting down to at that point to where you're not going to trade acres for them. And so then it turns into, well, draft picks. What draft picks are you going to get for Cam Akers? I would love a first. And I think in every single league, you could get a second for him. Like there is no doubt in my mind you could trade Cam Akers right now for a second. I would never do that. Exactly. But I, as the Akers manager. Yeah, that's how that. I feel about it too. And so it turns into, well, I take a first. That's going to be really hard to do. So it's going to be in select leagues to where I could go out and get 
the Montgomery back. Maybe Miles Sanders kind of guy. But I think it's going to be really hard to do. Cam Akers is just in this really weird situation to where I have enough hope for him that I'm not going to sell him at a huge discount. Even if it was an ACL injury, we would yeah. be more forgiving because with the advancements in, in medicine and and surgery and all that good stuff that Dan even mentioned, we see running backs bounce back. We just haven't seen it with the Achilles. So to an extent, it's like an Achilles is a death sentence for a running back mm-hmm. in the eyes of the dynasty community. I, Dan, any, any thoughts here in terms of uh, the, the breaking point, or uh, I, I don't even know. There's so many ways we could go with this. Uh, Mitch hit the trend. Like, you know, I, I have like 23 running backs. I think that, you know, I definitely with conviction want more than acres right now. And you know, that was far from the truth uh, before today. Um, but, you know, if you could get somebody in that, you know, that, that has that talent level or a number one draft pick next year, where I'll go and grab a running back that Achilles, yeah, I think he'll bounce back. But, you know, he lose a couple of tenths off that 40. You know, I don't know if he's going to bounce back to where he was now. So, you know, hey, th- th- there's just too much more value. Plus, you got to wait a year. You, you know, so I'd rather get a guy that I know has the potential to be good for some time or a first-round pick that has that ceiling again and just eliminate risk. I don't want the risk. And I talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. about minimizing my risk. Mitch here, Cam Akers and a 2022 first, let's say you're a contender. Or you think you're a contender. At least. Right. You, know, Mitch, you were before the Akers injury. Yes. So you're yeah. 2022 first in a 12-team Superflex League and Cam Akers. Would you – so one, would you move it for this player? And two, do you think it would get accepted? Ready? Cam Akers in a first for Joe Mixon. Yes. And yes, I actually think that could be accepted because Joe, you picked a perfect player because he's just right on the cusp of people like him, but don't love him sort of player. But I think uh, anyone higher than that, there's just no way. Dan Cam Akers in a first for Aaron Jones. I think he's in that Mixon, Mixon, Mixon conversation. I agree. And I have him in the same tier, coincidentally. I mean, how about that? It's just a great tier sheet. (laughs) Uh, Now exclusively on the Dynasty Theory Patreon 2.0, kicking it off again. Tiers, uh, projections, point per game analyzer, access to the live show. Uh, Derek Henry, Antonio Gibson, CEH, Najee Harris. I don't think you could do it for any of them. Nope. If the Austin Eckler manager might not be a contender. Do you think that could work? Nope. You don't think? I think you could just get more for Eckler is my issue. I mean, Eckler's value is so high right now. I think it's going to be hard to see that deal get done. Uh, Dobbins, Zeke. I had somebody DM me actually on Twitter earlier, and they said cold offer. They were offered Zeke and Pollard for Cam Akers. I said smash. Yeah, and run and hope it doesn't get (laughs) collusion. I mean, they, they said they were a contender. I, why, are you talk, why are you talking to me? Go accept <laughs> it. Go. Uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, that, that's probably where I'm at. We talk a lot about Cam Akers for a pick, Cam Akers for a player. But if you add something to Cam Akers, where can we go? And I do think Mixon and Aaron Jones might be the intriguing options just because there are a lot of question marks surrounding those two. And Cam Akers, it's uh, Mitch, Cam Akers or Javante Williams? 
Javante Williams. Travis Etienne. Yeah, same. And then Miles Sanders. Even Josh Jacobs. I think I would go Jacobs yeah, over Akers at this point. And then, like you said, we get to – oh, Trey Sermon. That's the one, right? That's yeah. the one you hear brought up. I know, Dan, you're going Trey Sermon, right? I'm high enough on Sermon. I would yeah. – you know, I'll try to squeeze something else out of the deal, but yeah. I'll roll the I, dice. I have several Trey Sermon shares. As an experiment, maybe I go out and try Sermon for Acres. They don't it, – it's going to be close. That one's yeah. going to be close. And then I think Gaskin, Chris Carson, I think you you shouldn't have an issue there. I, mm. I, I was teasing Mitch. I was like, hey, what do you think about Michael Carter for Acres? Not – in a league that I have Carter and you have Acres, it's not a trap or anything. No, no, never, never. But the consensus was not Michael Carter. So Cam Acres injury again. If it were any other injury, we would be more forgiving. Mm-hmm. And from an injury perspective, all we know is historically Achilles injuries not good for running backs. But again, historically, it's not high in running backs. Well, JB, Aaron Foster tore his Achilles, and then boom, he was done. He was 30 years old. <laughs> he was 30 years old. So not exactly the same. Uh, Foreman, Marlon Mack. And I, I, I did an AMA on uh, a Discord channel right before this. And I said, Cam Akers is going to be that case study moving forward. And that that player that we point to. Yes. Five years from now. Well, uh, Dan Lamagna Jr. tore his ace or uh, Achilles and blah blah blah. Well, what did Cam Akers do? Do you guys remember who the ACL guy is? Adrian Peterson. When Adrian Peterson came back from his ACL injury, oh, right. and he just had that monstrous year. I could see that brought up if Cam Akers comes back and you know is seventy five percent of that. That's a good point. And at first, I thought like I don't even know what you were asking. I was like, the ACL guy, like, why? But before that, like, ACLs were a big deal for running backs. Right. Then Adrian Peterson comes back, and it's, like, not talked about anymore at that point. Right, and I know that's a not to get too sidetracked, but Saquon Barkley, can he bounce back? Well, he's a freak athlete, Adrian Peterson. Um, Anything else on Cam Akers? Oh, Hmm. is it too early to shoot an offer out involving Cam Akers? Oh, (laughs) Mitch? Yeah. So for anyone listening, I sent out a tweet today because in some group chats, we saw some people being very angry that someone was offering them Cam Akers for a trade. For I, an, I, I saw it in multiple league chats. Yep. Yeah, for a different player. And people were very angry thinking that that owner was trying to take advantage of the other managers in the league. And so I posted a tweet saying, hey, sh- do you think, you could trade that player immediately. Should you wait a couple hours for people to get the news? Should you wait even longer? And 80% of the vote said immediately. But every single reply in that thread was, it's kind of a Bush League move. You need to wait. But I still don't know what the wait is on it. I mean, to me, it's up to individual owners to do the research to know why someone is being traded. And you could tell the value. If someone is offering you Cam Akers for a vastly lower value than what they should be, I mean, your alarm should be going off like, okay, there's probably something going on here. The only issue I have, and it's not even remotely the same situation, but if I offer Mitch a trade yesterday yeah, and it involves Cam Akers and the injury happens and I'm, I'm still sleeping, you know, I'm mm-hmm. having a, I'm having a, my own personal snow day here in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay on the couch. I'm sleeping a little bit. And Mitch goes and accepts it. 
that's bush league that's trash um but if the injury has already taken place and mitch sends me an offer and i accept before looking anything up that's on me that is a hundred percent on me and people in the league can be upset i don't care I think I put a PSA out in the one chat where I did have acres today. And it says, Hey, anyone interested in the injured acres, you know, put right, it right out right. there in case anyone missed the memo somehow. Hey, he's injured. Now let's talk trade. So instant trade talk, but I, I put it out there. And I like that, but I don't think it's a requirement. And I even did that in my one chat. Um, I have one share of cam acres and I said, Hey, is anybody looking to acquire acres at a now reduced price? And I think right there, that says it all like, yep. But nobody wanted to play. Nobody wanted to send me offers. So some of the Cam Akers conversation, it kind of goes hand in hand with, oh, oh, Dan, Dan. What about Daryl Henderson? We got to touch on that. Oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. We might not even get to. Oh, let me backtrack here. Cam Akers injury. We, good call. We might not even get to rebuilding strategies tonight. We'll get there. That's okay. I mean, we we have the rest of the off season, but you know. So Cam Akers injury. Yes, Daryl Henderson. And Mitch, how could you let me forget Daryl Henderson? I thought you were just moving on. I'm like, look, I talked about him enough already on this show, so you just keep going. It's Mitch fine. was playing defense tonight. So as the offensive coordinator, I called the timeout. <laughs> we're good. We're on track. You Teamwork. can tell you can tell I had a week off, right? Mm-hmm. I went on vacation. Slipping uh, a little bit. Yeah, Coach Bauer. Coach nice Bauer. Uh, we're in my Dynasty Theory merchandise. It's it's fantastic. Really nice quality, too. Um but that's besides the point. So Daryl Henderson, I had a tweet and it's always the dumbest tweets that get traction. Mm-hmm. And all it said was don't trade a future first for Daryl Henderson. And I, I fully believe that. And, but at this, in the same breath, I went out and offered Daryl Henderson for a first pretty much everywhere as not, nothing's been accepted yet. And I, I, I don't blame them because I would yeah. not move a first for Daryl Henderson. I see him as one. Let's assume. Let's say they don't bring anybody else in. But, you know, there's a lot of free agents still lingering out there. Some of them higher, slightly higher profile than the others, but still some rubbish out there. But I see him as like a, a one year rental. Yeah. You know, and I've played that game before. Mitch, you've played it. Dan, you've played it. Going after players because you think it can help you make a push. It's a one-year rental, and it doesn't pan out. And now you're out of a first, and you don't have a championship to show for it. I think Daryl Henderson could be in that same boat, and I would much rather go out and get test the waters like a Miles Gaskin for a little bit less. Uh, even James Robinson, I, I just I think there's too much risk that they could bring somebody else in, which would bring his value down. Yeah, and I would add to that. I'd say one-year rental with upside. So agree, no first. You know, I, I don't see that. But a second rounder, boy, we have a whole different conversation. I think oh, I, just, I would I would move two seconds. I actually think for Henderson. something along those lines, yeah, because he is a guy that could go in there and just own the job, like just take it. I mean, he did have upside. He does look good when he runs. He's got potential. So I have him like right after that tier of Miles Gaskin, Damian Harris, Zach Moss, like guys that I kind of like this year when the, you get to that dip, but I'm not like ultra confident. Like they're not like. You know, they're your RB2, RB3 on your roster. So I have him right after those guys, but he's there. Like, I don't want to go down lower than that because I think he has more upside when you dip deeper in your rankings to the 
you know, James Conner, Chase Edmonds range, AJ Dillon range, Mostert, those other guys are like platoon kind of guys that, you know, there's, there's potential. So he's, he's in that range. Yeah. I'll take Hunt, James Robinson, Michael Carter, and then everybody above over Daryl Henderson. I, I would move two seconds if I believe I'm a contender, but I'm, I'm not moving a first. I just, again, let's say they, even if they bring in a Todd Gurley, you, you can't, people were freaking out about DeAndre Swift whenever Todd Gurley went in for a visit and Daryl Henderson's not going to be affected from a value standpoint. Baloney malarkey. Yeah. There's a, so, there's a lot of guys. Go ahead, Mish. I was just going to say, I think moving him for another running back is going to be nearly impossible. Yes. But I think the actually smart move to do is try to move him for a wide receiver that you like that kind of has some upside. Like I think like a Deontay Johnson, who you could probably get for a late first, but you can't you can't move Henderson for that, right? But I think there's going to be that wiggle room because he's a running back to move him for a wide receiver. Maybe like a Tyler Boyd, someone that you just have more faith in for a couple of years. And I think that's the plan of attack that you do with Henderson this year is if you could get the draft picks, of course, go for the draft picks. But if that can't happen, don't try to move him for another running back. Try to move him for a wide receiver because even I think you, those are the deers you could get some value out of. Even if you have to add a draft pick with Henderson to get those yeah. kind of caliber receivers you're talking, Mitch, because those receivers, you know, hey, you have a longer shelf life in Dynasty. You could get yourself a really good receiver. So your roster construction, I think, will play a big part of that. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, same thing we did for Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson plus a first. If you're looking to upgrade the position, do you do Miles Sanders? Could you get Miles Sanders? I think you get Miles Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, you want to do it though? No. <laughs> I don't want Miles Sanders, but that's just a personal thing. ETN and Javante Williams. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think a lot of the trades we'll see. So Acres, I could see packaging up for an upgrade in the running back position. Mm -hmm. But just like Mitch said, I think we're either going to see Henderson for pick or picks or a wide receiver. It's going to be really difficult to get an intriguing quarterback in a one for one swap. I don't know. Yeah. I, I only think you get like Sam Darnold and Darnold's like extremely valued low in dynasty right now. No, the guys that I think potentially car Goff, Yeah, maybe, but again, potential one-year rental that that's just the way I see Henderson. And I had a good conversation on Twitter uh, about his expectation. If they don't bring anybody in, I think Daryl Henderson could outscore several guys that I would prefer from a dynasty perspective. Mm -hmm. I just, I just see Daryl Henderson as a one-year stop gap. Yeah. I think at best he's a low end running back too. Like, I think that would be his best chance of finishing. We were asked earlier about, Henderson or Mike Davis. And I would take Mike Davis every time just because I know Atlanta has had five months to bring someone in and they just haven't done it. And I think we're all pretty confident that the Rams are going to bring someone in. Henderson just isn't that kind of back to get 300 touches this year. Mike Davis or Daryl Henderson. If I'm a contender, I'll probably stick with Davis. Yeah. Uh, if you're a contender and you have Henderson, would I try to get Henderson plus a little bit? Of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yeah, of course. Well, not just the the fact that you said you prefer Mike Davis, but if you're a 
generic manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say any of the managers in our leagues are generic. You're all unique. You're all you're all great. Um, but yeah. So okay. Now going to rebuilding strategies. Anything else like on Daryl Henderson? No, I think we covered that pretty well. <laughs> now we can but rebuild, John. One thing I will say, just real quick. This doesn't have to just be an Acres versus Henderson thing. This will work with any good back that goes out that has a competent backup. We could use this exact same conversation in three weeks when something happens again. If something happened to Zeke, hopefully it doesn't because I've been targeting him a lot. We'll talk about Tony Pollard. Yeah, or uh, Chubb. Well, Chubb and Hunt doesn't work because Hunt's already valued, but that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of players that I think fit that bill when looking at uh, these these running backs. And I'm stalling here because I'm trying to look through the list. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Let's rebuild. Here. All right, let's rebuild. Let's rebuild. All right. So this kind of ties in. It kind of worked out nicely. Initially, we were going to talk about rebuilding strategies, uh, impactful coaching changes, week 17, but Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, even though I forgot Daryl, I'm sorry. If you're listening, Daryl Henderson, I apologize. But that took precedent here. Mitch, you look so focused. What are you doing over there? Are, are you tra- are you talking trades live on the air? I'm, I might be. There might have been a trade that was going <laughs> on that I think went through on the air, but I didn't have enough time to actually check it. My fault. I can't believe you, Mitch, as I'm I working know. on a mat, uh, acres trade myself right now. <laughs> That's all right. I'm skipping over Daryl Henderson. I can't believe. But anyway, so Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, it kind of ties in well with rebuilding strategies. And this is just going to be a brief conversation because we have hit on this. We've had shows specifically cater to this topic. And we're constantly throwing in little tidbits here and there that cater to this topic but mitch rebuilding strategies throw something at our listeners because this was a question that specifically came up that somebody wanted us to talk about because they're entering a rebuild and what are some things that we do so if i'm just gonna play this like i'm entering rebuild today i go and i look at my roster i'm like you know what this is a 10th place team i can't make it playoff ready and so i'm gonna have to turn this into a rebuild i'm not trading any players now Besides the ones like we've mentioned, we mentioned Mike Davis, we've mentioned Henderson. Um, even a guy like Kelsey is a guy I could see moving right now. But anyone that I think with an injury happening to a different player in the league could help out their value a little bit to where I could move them to a contender later in the offseason. That's when I'm making most of my trades is between September and October to where contenders are going to be willing to give me just that little bit extra for that average player in my roster. There's no use in going out and just trading everybody in the next three weeks. Like you're rebuilding. You're going to rebuild for a few years. Don't get all done in a few weeks. Just give yourself time to do it right. I I like that point. And that's one of the reasons that I, I think you guys are on board with this, that I love leagues with no trade deadline because it helps restore that balance a little bit to the league. I've seen some wild trades go down in a week 16. Dan's looking to make a run for a championship. And as I'm saying this, this actually happened. I'm not going to bring up the trade, Dan, because you you know what I'm going to say. You know where I'm going. But it it helped me from a, a longer-term perspective and potentially could have helped you in week 16, but it 
didn't. But anyway, that's not the point. That's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> but uh, the, going off of what Mitch said, waiting to the season, and if you're in a league with no trade deadline, it even gives you more of an opportunity. So don't jump at the first offer. I think that's a really important piece because you p- see people move players and you're like, crap, how did they move him for that? Shop around a little bit. Be patient. You're rebuilding. You're not in a rush to put together a contender here. Dan? Yeah, man. T- timing is the, is the key, and, and you hit on it there, JB. You know, don't be that impatient owner like Dan LaMagna was once going for that chip, but, you know, you got to think of the future. But you were looking in, in rebuild mode there and seize the moment of the time of those teams that are going for a championship. I had a semi-pro football player once who had a little apparel company and he was doing like uh, training and his motto was never fear the grind. It's a grind, man. You got to grind all year. And, you know, right now in these offseason months, we've been grinding. We all got, you know, a couple rosters that aren't where we want them to be. You know, so, you know, one specific I'm in rebuild mode and I'm targeting players first. Like I'm just, you know, like we don't, I think we're saying, and I don't know, I might be getting my head ahead of myself when you open this. I think we were talking about rebuilding without access to future picks. Did we say that in the beginning there, JB, or am I skipping ahead? You're skipping or, ahead, but so don't go, ahead? here we are. No. No, don't go there yet. Don't go there yet. All right. All right. So, so just target players first, you know, I'm trying to rebuild from the summer months all the way up to those teams that are in contention and I'm mindful of the timing. So I'm not rushing. I'm not over jumping. John Bauer taught me a lesson during contention time to be patient. So you you just got to be patient and keep chipping away. I will say, though, that was the Dynasty Theory Listener League, one of the most prestigious championships out there. And and that's my rebuilding roster, too. (laughs) Time and contention cost me. One of the things that cost me. So I don't blame you going for that. So before I get to what you already kind of mentioned, two things. One. Don't be afraid to trade for injured players, asterisk, not the Achilles injury. <laughs> but like we talked about the ACL and and somebody posted and, and tweeted at us and it was a great example because it happened last year and I was on the right end of it and the wrong end of it in, in both situations. But Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, a few years ago, Dalvin Cook, you know, players that you can get an injury discount on because like Mitch talked about, there's teams that are contenders and they want to make that push and they're willing to move them at a discount. So I think strategically and opportunistically, opportunistically, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, finding those players that you can get at a great discount that still have tremendous dynasty value. But then one thing that that I've talked about and I've tweeted about and that people have raised their eyebrows and questioned it. Don't be afraid if you're in a rebuild to move a player that, Hey, that's a player I want to build around. Why would I move a Justin Herbert? Why would I move a Justin Jefferson? And it could be players not named Justin. You know, it doesn't have to be those two specifically, but if I'm able to move uh, a Josh Allen for, let's say Justin Fields in, picks you know if if i think that's going to help me rebuild and get there a little bit sooner i'm not going to hesitate and i'm not going to be afraid of that and i don't think you the listener should be either so just because it's a young player could be a foundational piece don't be afraid to move them uh josh allen for like a stafford plus a 2023 first and a second or something like that 
I don't want Stafford. He's old. I don't want him on a rebuilding team, but that is a move that can push you in the right direction. So trades like that, it's something that I've had success with and has allowed me to uh, rebuild a little bit sooner than Mitch said multiple years. Sometimes that happens, but maybe we could do something to jumpstart it. Okay, Dan, question we got, it ties into rebuilding, but how do you handle a rebuild? Because this is tricky. How do you handle a rebuild when very few managers or maybe no managers have access to future picks? And the example was safe leagues, leagues that we support wholeheartedly, but it can be a little tricky because if you don't pay ahead, you don't get access to those picks. It's tough to rebuild in that situation. Yeah. And safe leagues have kind of been made in some way. And I think there's a different varying difference of opinion on this out there in the industry, but for me made a little bit more interesting what having to pay to get your draft picks. Cause we're seeing, you know, there may be like three, four teams that paid for next year. So now they're the first three, four teams that I could look for to try to get their draft capital because maybe they're looking to trade it early. So there's my opportunity to get it. The other teams that don't have draft picks yet, I'm just targeting their players. Okay. You know, so I am intentionally now paying for my teams, making sure they're paid off early. So now I have draft picks because there's a couple of ways to rebuild. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to load up and get all these firsts. Right. You know, I can now trade a first. Or, you know, get my draft capital. I'm one of the few teams in the league with draft capital and use that to get some young, talented guys that I couldn't get unless I had that draft capital. So I'm using that for leverage in some spots for those teams that do want those draft picks. Because, again, rebuild. You mentioned, you know, getting a guy like Stafford and some draft picks. Stafford's a good example because, yeah, he's older, but he's going to give you – his job is secure there with the Rams. I, I expect him to be there for three-plus years. So I think there's a difference between older and job security and talent versus – older and he may retire in a year or he may lose his job in a year. So there, there's a lot of variables there. I was waiting for you to keep going. I was just kicking back and relaxing here. I like uh, it. I like it. But, but John, you already kind of stole my thunder on this one because I wanted to say injured players because the problem is we could come out here and say, you know what, go out and get young guys. That's what you got to do. Everyone wants to go get the young guys and the young guys have so much value now anyways. Very few of them don't. And the ones that don't, you probably don't want to go out and get them because they could be really bad and then your team's even worse because of that. And so I think attacking injured players is a really good one. But honestly, in these leagues, I push off rebuilding for as much as I possibly can because the facts are it's really hard to rebuild in those leagues in order to turn it into a true rebuild because all 12 teams don't have their picks. So like you guys were saying, only three or four of them have them. Maybe I was one of the ones that paid. Then all of a sudden you have three different teams you can get picks from. You could try to get young players from everybody else, but everyone already values those young players so highly that then you're just kind of bidding towards the high price. So when those ones, I would try to turn my 10th place league team into the sixth place and try to make the playoffs. That's what I would do. Just like Dan said, maybe I trade my first and I go and get that one good player that I could bank on. And maybe that could help me make the playoffs. Because I can tell you this, last season and last offseason was a little bit weird during the playoffs just because of COVID and everything. But I saw a lot of sixth-place teams getting the money. It happened a ton this past season, and I think it's going to happen again this season. It happens every year. And that's, I, a, that's a, If I add to that, JB, that, that's just a great point, is you're not trying to go from 10th to 1st. 
you're trying to get to 10th to playoff contention. And I have one or two rosters where I've been in trade negotiations and the opinion of the other owner on the other side is your team's not going to contend, but I know I've got enough pieces to make the playoffs with a little bit of luck, with a little bit of management, I'll determine midway through the season, you know, week five and six, whether it could truly make the playoffs or not. And then at that point, I'll decide whether I want to unload a guy or not. But I'm in no hurry to do it right now because I know I've got enough pieces. And just to watch the chips fall, get get lucky on a free agent, get lucky on a trade, and all of a sudden I've got a contending roster. So I think that's really important. And it's not just if there's no picks available. Like it in leagues where we have 2022 picks available, certainly it's a little bit easier to attack the rebuild. But it's even easier when you have the 2023 picks available as well. So the more picks you have available at your disposal, potential trade partners, it certainly is easier to go after those picks and look to to go that route. But I love the idea, and we obviously have talked about it already, but the injured players, I think that is the easiest way, like Mitch and I said, in those leagues. And Dan, you brought up a really good point. In leagues where... A few people have already paid for their future picks in this exact situation in safe leagues. I feel like it almost shows their hand a little bit. And I'm not saying, hey, I paid for my picks. I have to trade them, but certainly I'm willing. Exactly. I completely agree. That's that's whenever uh, you have a potential trade partner there. If somebody hasn't paid for their picks you're going to have to throw an enticing offer out for them to pay for their picks. So then you can get a deal done. So I, I, again, so many interesting uh, scenarios and dynamics, and there's more than one way to rebuild. And we just threw a few different ways and you know, that, that it's not limited to just that. John, I'd add one more thing. League size is really important. You know, it's a lot harder to rebuild or I, I would say our advice about being patient and grinding in a 14 to 16 team league is so much more important. And you mentioned trading potentially young guys like, you know, don't be afraid to trade a Justin Herbert or a Justin Jefferson. If I'm rebuilding in a 14 or 16 team league, I think that's real valuable advice because the qu- the quantity helps you. You know, you get some depth on your roster quick. It, it's, a, it's an easier path to rebuilding. I've done that. I did that in our beer league. You know, I traded Zeke, and I'm a Cowboys fan, man, but I got so much for him one year, it built my roster stronger, quicker. But if I'm in a 12-team league, I'm even I'm a lot more hesitant to want to trade that Justin Jefferson or, or Justin Herbert because I think that star, star power is a little bit more impactful. That's a really good point. And, uh, Mitch, what's my – my when we were doing the team breakdowns and reviews, what was my saying? You get it wrong every time. Do you remember? You ask me every time, and I don't remember the exact wording. And you're like, "No, no, it's this." I'm looking to split up this that's asset right. into multiple pieces. That that's my go-to. But before I do our little jingle for final thoughts, Mitch, you had a question for Dan, and I I love this question, especially for Dan. I do because I actually think this matters more than people like to admit. But Hard Knocks is starting up. The Dallas Cowboys are the team on hard knocks this year. So my question for Dan is, what is the lower tiered guy that we're not thinking of that you think hard knocks could be talking more about that will end up driving up his fantasy value? One example I will say is I actually think it hurt Justin Herbert last year. If you remember the first few episodes, he was a really mild-mannered guy, and everyone was like, oh, he can't lead a team. There's no chance he could do that. 
but it did actually affect him. So I'm wondering if you could give us the other way, someone we can go out and get here in the next week before the show starts that you think will gain value. You know, that's a loaded question, and it's a great one. And it's funny, I have, like, fond memories. You know, I got in this dynasty venture of you guys. I think the Raiders were the ones on Hard Knocks, and I uh, Marcel Aitman was, like, featured somewhere in the show. And I actually ended up getting some fab in one league and a draft pick another. And some of it was because people didn't want to hear me anymore. But ultimately, historically, Hard Knocks – is kind of misleading. Like you really got to know that this is made for television. There are some things to take. Like when Cleveland was featured and Hugh Jackson was their coach. And that's where we got the, you know, the dysfunction in Cleveland line in our intro, man, that dysfunction was glaring as a former coach. What I watched going on in Cleveland, like I was like all selling Cleveland Browns. And then it wasn't only like what a year or two later, they gutted the organization and now they're, they're on track. So for your, your question, Mitch is, you know, I've obviously been reading up on this. I'm pumped the Cowboys are going to be featured. They've talked a little bit about what they're going to preview. So they already got a predetermined, mm-hmm. hey, Dak, Zeke, you know they're going to cover that. You know, Dak coming back from the injury. Zeke's just an intriguing dude. Him and Pollard, nothing's going to change at the quarterback running back position in hard knocks. There's nothing in the depth chart there that's going to do anything for fantasy football. Uh, tight ends, I'll be a little bit interested to see how they feature Jarwin and Schultz if you know they are highlighting the pass game because that's not as clear as it was last year where it was all Jarwin. It's a little bit muddier this year. So maybe they show something there. But the answer to your question, I think, is in the wide receiver room. And if Dallas decides to let go one of their receivers, which would be a Cooper or a Gallup next year or in the future – someone's going to come in there potentially fill. And the guy I'm looking for is a guy that I have a high dynasty share. That's Simi Fihuko. Man, Simi is an intriguing guy. So I could see his personality being captured on camera and the fans kind of liking that a little bit. So if you want to beat the show and you were late to like listening to Dynasty Theory when we did like deep dives when we were doing rookie drafts, Simi is the guy because he's a freak athlete, man. Like he's just a late bloomer. He went on some mission or whatever and but I think he had like 13 catches in a game for Stanford late in the season. He's got like Metcalf type like scores when you, you know, he's at the combine. Like he's an athlete. So I think he's a guy that I'm looking to beat out Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown for that fourth wide receiver spot. I would like it to be this year, but at least if he shows that flashes and gets some opportunities this year, there's a chance he could be a number three wide receiver in Dallas. And that does produce. I like it. So do you think you could get him for, a fourth next year? Do you think it's going to cost like a third? I think if you're looking to acquire him and somebody has him on his roster and he's not a Dallas fan, I, I think you have probably a little better chance of getting him as like a throw-in in a trade. Like go after something else and just throw in see me, and then the guy doesn't really care about see me at that point. Um, He probably used the fourth-round draft pick to get him, so I don't know how much a future fourth holds for him. Right. Yeah, if it's a future fourth in fab or a future fourth in some guy that you know you're going to cut, maybe definitely worth a fourth round pick and if somebody trades him you could say now you see me now you don't and final thoughts that was gold that was how gold. do you follow that i don't know if you can dan final thoughts what is this episode 126 and i was i thought the title of this episode was so clever cam Akers injury ram efficacies the rams and it nobody even paid attention to the pun anyway dan final thoughts 
I love John it. Bauer's jokes that are the equivalent of my five-year-old daughter sometime. But yeah, I smile <laughs> and laugh every time, JB. Uh, man, final, final thoughts tonight. You know, hey, you said see me or not. Hey, John Cena's back in WWE. Another reason I'm pumped going in tonight. My boy is back. Um, but, you know, just a real little bit, little bit of a shameless plug tonight, man. Keep an eye on, you know, our Dynasty Theory channels on social media, um, on Twitter, underdogs i'm blasting the underdog drafts i know we have a promo code john maybe you want to plug that in your final thought but i'm going to continue right up to the season be drafting an underdog i'm sure you know mitch and john will will, will be getting involved there and uh, hopefully our listeners want to compete against this so please check us out and i'll be bringing coach's corner back really soon there got a little 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 hosting experience last week so i'm building up a little confidence for some guests soon and uh put some content on there so i'm excited i like it and over at underdog Use promo code theory, get 25 bucks for free. It's it's instant. You, it's like within a minute, you get the $25 deposit bonus. Uh, we're, we're running different contests, different uh, fast and slow drafts. I did a $3 one and it was a lot of fun. And I, I think, Dan, you might have sniped me at least once in that. So uh, preferably, Dan will not be joining me. But yeah, underdog promo code theory. They got the best ball contest. They have the bigger tournaments and then they have the different prop games during the season, which I am going to have a lot of fun with. All right, Mitch, final thoughts for our listeners. Final thought, join the discord. The reason why I say is we have probably 80 people in there now in days like today. I mean, absolutely sucks to hear the acres news, but you get so many different opinions on how to attack it what to do on certain teams. You're seeing so many trade offers come across that you could get a very good idea on where players' values are. And so just joining that, I think, will make you a better player. And I'm not just saying that because we're in there. I'm saying it because all of the different members are so good that I think it actually helps your ROI to be in our Discord. It's free. It is a free Discord community. And again, we recently kicked off the Patreon with our tiers, point per game analyzer projections, access to the live episodes, and we'll be throwing some different uh, exclusive episodes out to the Patreon supporters who we are beyond grateful for. But yeah, Patreon 2.0, we're kicking it off again. Uh, some slight tweaks, but we are back. Join the free Discord. So. As always, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. After my one-week hiatus, I am back, just like John Cena, but you can see me. That's the thing. You can see me. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Check out the merch store at T Public. All the different color combinations. Fantastic. And like I said, very nice quality. Free Discord, Patreon, tiers, point-per-game analyzer, projections, access to the live episodes and much, much more. We'll catch everybody next week. Have a great night.